It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. We've got blogs! Well, that's it. at the map of the week. Adventures in art! Le Chadron Comatique! Oui, oui! It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. It's the Thought Eater RPG Show. Welcome to the Thought Eater Thought Pass. <laughs> what is up? What is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. And before we go any further, what about that new intro song? I'll pause right now. I assume you probably want to go back and listen to it again. He's got blogs. He's got zines. Got the map of the week. Adventures in art. Le Chaudron Chromatique. That is from TJ Drennan. From the Malodorous Miasma Meltdown podcast, as well as the Occult Orifice Outrage podcast, Le Chaudron Chromatique obviously refers to the off-mentioned blog from Evelyn M. and my pitiable attempts at speaking French, sounding something like Boss Hog or Enos from the Dukes of Hazard speaking French. And uh, so thankful to TJ for putting that together, I had approached him about something, you know, my notes were just like something like the Muppet show or something. And he comes back with that. Unbelievable. So you can go to patreoncom forward slash TJD. And what TJ is doing there is producing, you know, jingles and sound effects and stuff for, for podcasts. But something I was thinking about, you could approach him for, you know, how good would some of his stuff be for like a streaming show? You know, so many times people try to do this epic, like Lord of the Rings intro, but what if you had a, a TJ Drennan, you know, special for your, uh, for your streaming show? That's, that, that's something else to think about. But, um, anyway, wonderful stuff. Great to be back podcasting. It has been almost a year. It's been like 10 months. And I first just want to say thank you so much to the folks that have reached out to me, checked on me, been supportive, uh, both when I stepped away from podcasting and blogging, as well as now uh, coming back. Uh, it has been very encouraging and uh, very motivating, and I'm very appreciative of that. And... Um, I also want to say that my heart goes out to folks out there that have been struggling, that have maybe lost someone, have lost their jobs and their livelihoods uh, throughout this, you know, this terrible uh, pandemic. I don't want to swear on here. <laughs> Try to keep it G, PG, maybe thematic material or something, but... Um, anyway, um, there's not much you can say. I was thinking about it, you know, and, and trying to think of what I would want to say about it. I guess the bottom line is as bad as things are, we need reminders of, of good things. And that is one of the things that gaming can provide for us 
And that is one of the things that I hope the podcast does. Not escapism, um, but just a reminder of, uh, of the good things. Because there, there is a lot of good as well, along with the bad. But man, it has been a long break, and I am, I am happy to be uh, trying to put some stuff together for you guys. A couple of things before we get started. You may, savvy listeners and readers might notice that I'm just referring to this as the Hump Day RPG Show. Prior to going on hiatus, I was doing three shows a week. I was doing Hump Day Bloggerama, Five Minute Friday, Five Minute Friday, so quick podcast, you know, quick thoughts because the other podcasts were so long. Hump Day Bloggerama, focusing on RPG blogs, and I was also doing uh, Sunday Zine Club, focusing on zines and zine-related stuff, and really enjoyed doing that one especially doing interviews in a short amount of time. I was able to interview a lot of my favorite creators, Tim Shorts, Ray Otis, Evelyn Moreau, uh, James Malashevsky, James West, uh, Nate Tremay. Uh, really, really enjoyed the interview component. So I didn't want to get rid of it, but three shows is too much. I know I'm not going to be able to do that. So what I'm trying to do, what I'm attempting to do, what we will see if I am able to pull off, is kind of putting the, the zine club into a piece of the Wednesday show. And because I was already looking outside of blogs for things, you know, some of these RPG sites are not really blogs. They're more like news sites. Also putting up videos, maybe finding something on Reddit, whatever. Uh, and also because when someone sees Hump Day Bloggerama, that kind of, we don't know what the heck that means. Or some people don't know what that means. It doesn't say RPG, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so anyway, I kind of retitled this the Hump Day RPG show, but it's going to be something very close to, to what you remember, just maybe just a little bit different. Trying to tighten things up a little bit too, but we'll see how well I do with that. Um, let's see what else before we get started. Okay, it's been so long, and I'm very, very rusty. I do want to mention I like this show to be interactive. You, if you listen to other RPG podcasters that use Anchor as a platform, aka the legendary Anchorites, uh, you know that calling in is a big part of these shows, and it's easy to do that. You go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. It's got a message button there. You can leave me a message, and I can play it on the show. Um, it kind of you know builds a dialogue and everything else. If you use the Anchor app, you can do it on there as well. To be honest, I just use the Anchor app to record. I, uh, I like the antenna pod for my podcast, you know, to listen to podcasts. Uh, but it's handy dandy way to um, to call in on shows, but it's not that great of an app, uh, you know, to handle your podcast. I have to to be honest. Anchor isn't paying me anymore, so I can say that, right? Um, speaking of getting paid, last thing I'll mention before we get started, I had put my Patreon on hiatus uh, during all this. Um, you know, I was was obviously wasn't charging anybody. Uh, but I've relaunched it now as I'm getting back to work on this stuff, and I was really pleasantly surprised that um, that some folks had uh, had continued to you know to be supporting me there, kind of maybe in anticipation that I would start something back. Very very thankful for that. Um, so you go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater if you're interested in supporting the program, the blog, whatever else I'm working on. 
Got a dollar tier and I also added a new tier, a $5 tier that uh, is kind of like a sponsorship where I can mention what you're working on and you can also make suggestions for 5-Minute Friday topics. So I've been trying to think of something else that would be good for another tier. That's what I came up with and I do want to give a shout to a few folks that are backing me there and mention what they're working on. Starting with Jason over at the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, anchor.fm forward slash Jason376. You can just Google Nerds RPG Variety Cast and find it. Jason has played more games. He's probably played maybe 50, 50 times the games I have, something like that. Very knowledgeable. As you know, just has an extreme, uh, a wide knowledge of a lot of different games. And so that is a good one to check out. Jason, I really appreciate you. Also want to mention the folks at crumblingkeep.com. So uh, this is a, you know, a blog I was following, you know, part of what they do is a blog and I mentioned a few times, but I want to give them a shout out. You, they have like an, uh, an adventure subscription service that you can sign up for. They also offer like pro GM services. Like if you have a event or something where, you know, you want to play and you don't want to do all that legwork or trying to find a game and getting on sub forums and this joining you know, uh, Discord servers and trying to find a game and, you know, all that. You just know, a t you know, a date and a time and that you want to play. That's a good time to use um, professional GM services. So, uh, as well as, and their blog is great too. So you can go to crumblingkeep.com and check that out. And then, of course, I got to give a shout to Rob C., uh, who beat COVID. Um, one of my favorite podcasters. Uh, the Down in a Heat podcast is kind of one of the ones I really found inspiring. One of the one of the only podcasts I can actually stand listening to. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, that is anchor.fm forward slash Rob dash C. If you're in old school games, uh, Rob's really authentic. And I think that's what comes through on his podcast. You can check that out. All right. Wow. Classic long froth intro. Let's get back to it. See how rusty I really am. Let's talk about some maps. Maps of the week. All right, let's get in the maps. And I should go ahead and mention, as I forgot to do so, um, especially if it's your first time listening to my shows, I always do a companion blog post to these. It's got all the links and everything that I mentioned. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to enjoy the show if you if you go over to the to the blog uh, so you can check all this stuff out. Kitty's joining us. It's just like the old days. <laughs> anyway, it's the Thought Eater blog and Google Thought Eater blog, and that's the easiest way to find it. Or you can go to one of the worst URLs in history. Dog. Rosie. Or you can... <laughs> Or you can go to one of the worst URLs in history, frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. Just Google Thought Eater blog. And while you're at it, why not add me? God, someone's shooting. Uh, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm not exactly on the sticks, but I'm on the borderline of the sticks. And I hear somebody shooting. There's kind of like a lake nearby me. So I've got the animals. I've got gunfire. i got it all. Should I start this over? No, 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 no. This is this is good stuff. This is classic froth stuff. All right, so let's look at some maps that I noticed. One I spotted over on Reddit, this unbelievable 
isometric map of the Frogland Swamp and followed over to the Reddit, I mean, uh, to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash isometric worlds. Again, I got all these links up. And uh, this is a group of three different artists, one from New Zealand, one from Argentina, and one from Germany, who make these really high-quality isometric maps. And I'm not talking about black and white on a grid. I'm talking about stunning works of art. And uh, they make um, token packs and everything, so you can play on these. you got to check them out. And I, I'm going to try to keep the map section a little bit tighter because, you know, pictures are worth 5000 froth words you know what i mean so you'll just have to go and check it out but uh, these are some of the best looking isometric maps i've ever seen if not the best so be sure and check that out then thorfinn tate who uh has been involved with the mistara setting for years does the atlas of mistara site mistara.thorfmaps.com did an interesting post about the japanese versions of the b10 through b12 tsr modules and so it's got a collection of a lot of different artwork and stuff and maps from these. So uh, you should definitely follow over and, and, and look at all of it. But I just put one up of the dun you know one of the dungeon maps, just how much different it is than the uh, the ones that came out you know in the states. It's it's completely different. Um, so I, I just thought that was interesting, especially if you've you know played some of these old things and want to go look at uh, look at how the uh, the Japanese maps and artwork. Uh, worked for these old uh, TSR products. Then um, Nicholas Wisted, really talented artist, and blogs over at Wisted.net, W-I-S-T-E-D-T.net. Also goes by Path Peculiar. I follow Path Peculiar on um, Twitter. They're just a really, really good artist. Um, and uh, so anyway, they had a post up how to create a D&D campaign world. It's got some good advice, you know, stuff that you might assume, um, you know, starting small and expanding and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was thinking about that. It sounds cliche, but but then you think about how many new GMs there are, or new people starting out. And, and so it, it really is solid advice. It's just, you know, some of the stuff, depending on how long you've been gaming, you know, will be stuff that you're kind of familiar with. But uh, it's a good post regardless, and what really makes it stand out is with every step that they're talking about with an overland map and, and, um, and home bases and starting towns and everything, they add some of their maps into it, and their maps are just gorgeous, unbelievable. So anyway, I put that up, Past Peculiar's Maps, fantastic. The one that I put up was uh, the Blue Lays Barrel you know, uh, roadside and in tavern, but there's a bunch attached to that post. So check that out. And then finally, I, I, I go on around, I follow this, uh, map group on Reddit cause people are always posting these amazing battle maps and you just download them right there. And, uh, this one, um, person that goes by the name, you know, goes under the Seafoot games moniker, put a link up to a Google drive folder full of their maps to download for free. So I've got that link for you as well as a image of one of their maps and a link over to their Patreon. You check that out. Um, I thought that was really cool then to put up a bunch of free maps. So, so be sure and check that out if you like what they're doing. Back to Patreon. Speaking of mapping Patreons, wow. Whoever said that people aren't making a lot of money with, you know, indie gaming, 
uh, hasn't looked too hard at the mappers. My God, the cartographers are doing outrageous. I saw one uh, cartographer, a duo, and they're making over $20,000 per map pack, like $24,000 per map pack. And I think my first job when I got out of college was, you know, that was like my yearly salary and, you know, grinding my soul into dust and they're making that doing something they love, you know, every month or, or more free. So, you know, maybe don't save up for your kids college, maybe just uh, kind of teach them to make, you know, get them making maps and, and, uh, and that'll be a, a better, you know, Hey son, I know you're interested in being a lawyer, but, uh, you know, forget law school, come and draw me a, you know, you know, a swamp map. <laughs> But that's what it's like right now. I mean, the demand is unbelievable, and I, I mean, I'm glad for their success. But I looked at that, and I was like, 24 grand a map pack. That is outrageous. I mean, that is a lot of cash for some RPG maps. But um, anyway, I digress. Movies and media. All right, a few things that, uh, I don't know if this would be a regular segment or anything, but I, there were some things like kind of movie and TV related and stuff like that that uh, I decided to just kind of group together and, and mention. First, this was cool. Like, I'm a big fan uh, of the Stranger Things show on Netflix, and that's got a strong kind of D&D undercurrent uh, involved with it. Probably many of you have seen the show. I don't know if you haven't. It's quite good. You know, the first season was really good. The second season fell off a little bit, but then I thought the third season was, you know, every bit as good as the first. It was excellent. So uh, there's a fourth season in the works that I'm really looking forward to. Just a show that I enjoy uh, and my wife enjoys as well, so we watch that together. Anyway, some of the cast of Stranger Things actually did a live play with uh, Chris Perkins from Watsy GMing for the holidays. And... Uh, you know, if you enjoy watching streaming shows, uh, I, I thought it was really good. It was just kind of fun to see the cast actually playing D&D. Um, the, the actor, I'm blanking his name, that plays the, the Sheriff Hopper uh, in particular, I thought uh, was, was really entertaining. So if you want to kill two hours and you're a Stranger Things fan, I've got a uh, YouTube link up to where you can watch them playing through this holiday-themed adventure. Then a couple things that might be old news to some of y'all, but I just thought I'd mention it. You know, uh, if you ever played J J the Dragon's Lair video game back in the day at the arcade, I know I wasted tons of quarters on that thing. I never could figure out half of it, but uh, they're making a movie of it with Ryan Reynolds starring, so uh, that makes me think it's going to, you know, kind of try to keep some of the humor with Ryan Reynolds playing Dirk. And, um,. I was thinking about, I, you know, I liked Dragon's Lair. I was terrible at it, but there was another, you know, it was one of those games where it was like, like a literal cartoon, and so there wasn't a lot of, you know, gameplay. It was just kind of figuring out the pattern of when to hit, you know, the joystick to, to get through different scenes. But there was another game uh, called uh, Cliffhanger that was another kind of cartoon video game, much like Dragon's Lair, that I actually was pretty good at and really loved, but I've never seen it anywhere else. They had it at the Showbiz Pizza in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's the only place that game was. I don't know. If anyone remembers Cliffhanger, let me know. But anyway, uh, if, you, if you're, it seems like the 
the time to maybe make a Dragon's Lair movie was back in the 80s when the game was actually being played. But, uh, you know, it's been, you know, over 30 years since that game was in its heyday. So I don't know how much of a, 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 a an audience there is for it. But uh, I think Ryan Reynolds is pretty funny. Uh, Deadpool movies were entertaining. And um, it seems like somewhere I read that he was maybe up for, for playing Fletch and maybe, you know, Chevy Chase's role. And I actually think he'd be good at that. But So anyway, I got a link to that. Then they were talking more about this D&D movie. You know, the folks that worked on one of the new Spider-Man movies uh, are writing it. And uh, Chris Pine, that was in the new uh, Wonder Woman and the new Star Trek movies and everything, is going to be in it, it looks like. So um, I've, I've asked the question before, is it possible to make a good D&D movie? Sounds like they're going to try, because I think Chris Pine is pretty good. <clears throat> and I definitely enjoy those new Spider-Man movies, so that's got potential. And then finally, uh, just like a, a movie TV show tie-in RPG, there has just been announced from River Horse Games that um, the Dark Crystal is going to be made into an RPG. And these are the same folks that brought you the Labyrinth game, another Jim Henson uh, property recently. And this looks like it's kind of built the same way, like a little... Um, kind of slit inside the book where you can keep the dice and everything. I've been meaning to pick up that labyrinth and I'd had it saved on my Amazon. And then when I went to go buy it, uh, they were all gone and sold out. Uh, I'll have to check. So I, I've never, I, I never ended up seeing what the labyrinth looked like as cool as it looked. Uh, but this dark crystal maybe looks even a little bit better. Uh, it seems like, I, I kind of feel like dark crystal might make a more interesting RPG, not necessarily a better movie, but, uh, but anyway, so I thought that was a cool announcement. So that's what I've got for you on movies and media. Hump Day Blogorama. Let's look at a few of my favorite blog posts from this week. Uh, first, I did want to mention, uh, during my hiatus, James Malashevsky from Grognardia Blog, one of the Hump Day Hall of Fame blogs, uh, cranked Grognardia back up, and it had been years and years. I uh, thought maybe it would never happen again. I actually interviewed, uh, had a good conversation about zines with James on the Sunday Zine Club, and uh, cranked Grognardia back up, and just immediately jumped right back in it. You know, with uh, you know a lot of productivity, a lot of interesting posts, just like the old days. So you may already be aware of that. If not, that is an excellent blog to check out. Uh, always a lot of cool stuff. He's been doing interviews, um, game reviews, retrospectives, and all the kind of stuff that at least I dig. So grognarnia.blogspot.com. Check that out. This was another post that I had saved up um, from the beginning of the year. Um, and time has gone by, but it, it's still very cool. Actually, maybe it's a blessing that it took me this long to get to it because now the complete series is done. This is over at the Indie Game Reading Club, Paul Beakley's blog. And they did uh, a retrospective of the 2010s, a decade of indie role-playing. And so they've got a post for each year, you know, starting with 2010 all the way up through 2019, going over like the major seminal releases of those years and, and um, you know, things that were happening. And so as someone that enjoys reading kind of retrospective posts and with it being a new year, you know, now, uh, I thought this is a cool series, a decade of indie role-playing, 
uh, over at the Indie Game Reading Club. So you can check that out. This is another old post from back in March that I had saved from uh, James West, who, uh, again, uh, someone else that I interviewed on the show, uh, um, and uh, does the Doom Slakers blog, as well as uh, the Black Pudding Zine, uh, a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, they blog over at doomslakers.blogspot.com. I had talked about on a show, uh, a post by the Angry GM, talking about um, their campaign Bibles. You know, it's kind of the the mismatch, thrown together, ramshackle notebook of all the DM goodies that you put together for your campaigns and the the writing and then the, the, the words that only you maybe understand and there's kind of the messy stuff that makes up your campaign, you know, your campaign Bible. And um, anyway, James put up a cool post talking about their uh, campaign Bible, their DMs notebook, and also ended up tying in a couple old TSR products, including the World Builders Guidebook from Richard Baker of Birthright fame and uh, another one, the Dungeon Master's Design Kit. And I, I don't, I never owned either of these and don't own them now, but they look like kind of interesting old TSR products. And then he ends up talking and giving some love to um, Glenn Michael Angus, an artist from those days, who now, as I look at some of the art, I think is one of the people that worked on the art for uh, The Night Below. It looks really similar. It's got to be, I would assume it's got to be the same person. So anyway, this is just kind of more stuff about your own GM notebook slash campaign Bible and a couple old products that uh, dealt with world building and, and, and designing your own worlds and stuff like that. So I enjoyed that post. Then with Sean Connery uh, passing, um, Rob Wyland put up a post over at, it wasn't directly related to Connery, but uh, over at dicebreaker.com, it was related to the James Bond RPG. Uh, D007, how the all but forgotten James Bond RPG changed role playing. Tomorrow never dice. So Rob is a talented writer and very good at making D&D puns. But anyway, this is a, a look back at the old James Bond RPG, how the mechanics worked, including the, the oft-sided uh, chase mechanics and everything else. So with Sean Connery having passed, I thought uh, something on the James Bond 007 um, RPG might be fitting. And then finally, another thing that caught my eye as far as just straight up blogging goes, over at the Vintage RPG Tumblr, they put up some images of the Dungeons & Dragons color form set from 1983. And you got to be old, you know, an old timer like Frost to know what color forms were. Maybe they still make them, but I don't, th I don't think so, or I probably would have bought my daughter some. I never see them anywhere. But uh, these were kind of like decals that you kind of peel off a, a, a one sheet and then put into a, a scene and kind of make your own scene. And I thought color forms were all right, but my favorite thing, what this reminded me of, is called Presto Magics. And I know they don't make these anymore. I never see them anywhere. But my, my granddad, when I'd go and, you know, we'd go and sometimes like on Sundays and stay with my granddad. And uh, he'd take us, you know, up to this park that was near, the, near his house. And we'd, you know, swing on the swings and climb around and everything. And then we'd always go by this one gas station. And at the gas station... They had comics, and they also had these Presto Magics. And what the Presto Magics is, it's different from the color forms, is you actually use like a pencil 
to actually transfer the images onto a scene. And I like those a lot better. And man, when we get those on Sunday, I'd come, you know, come back to his house and sit at his little kitchen table. I don't know how old I was, probably seven or eight, I guess. And, uh, and just work on that and make my own scenes and everything. So anyway, it was just a kind of a nostalgic post, but, um, if you want to see some of the images from these D and D color form sets, check it out. And if you remember Presto magics, let me know. Random tables. All right, so let's look at some random table stuff. I did not want these to get uh, lost in the shuffle. You know, there's a constant stream of cool blog posts coming at you. I wanted to make sure some people saw this from Nick L.S. Whelan over at the Papers and Pencils blog, paperspencils.com. They did a series of posts called the Dungeon D100s. And these are D100 tables that cover a lot of different aspects of fantasy dungeons. And taken all together, I thought this was a great achievement. And you could use all these and come up with endless combinations of dungeons and inspiration and everything else. And actually, I'm considering maybe making my own little zine or something, compiling uh, Nick's stuff here, you know, just for my personal use, because these are so good. But uh, they've got... Posts covering the themes of the dungeons, the structures, rewards, doors, floor, floors, walls, and ceilings, factions, locks, and keys. So everything you need. And like I say, they're all D100 tables. So great, great, great random table series to check out. The Dungeon D100s over at Papers and Pencils. Also wanted to mention at the Rand Roll blog, this is Duncan Thompson's blog. It's completely focused on nothing but random tables, randroll.com. They put up a cool post, drive-through guide, free and pay-what-you-want random table PDFs. So they go ahead and curate a bunch of stuff from drive-through uh, and kind of compile it and um, categorize it for you. So if you're looking for you know some free tables or you know pay-what-you-want, try before you buy tables. You know they got sci-fi tables, modern tables, fantasy tables. You know a bunch of different PDFs and everything and links to them. So really helpful post from Duncan over at Randroll.com. And then finally, I wanted to roll on this one. This is from Chris Tam, Elf Maids and Octopi, the the Crown Prince, you know, or the or the Dark God of random tables. D100 stuff for sale from a hooded guy in an alley. And so this is more than just a D100 table of the stuff they're selling. You also get a little flavor of the salesperson, the vendor. And uh, so first, we're going to check out and see what the vendor gimmick is. And their gimmick is a pet. That makes sense. That's a great gimmick. And it's a, yeah, it's a pet monkey. So yeah, the vendor's got a pet monkey. I can see, uh, you know, Daddy, come on, let's go see the monkey. You go over, next thing you know, the, the guy's trying to sell you something. So uh, the vendor also has a secret. And yeah, they're secretly a member of a cult. So we got a little hook there. Where are they selling their stuff at? They are. They can be found in a garden. You walk through the garden, there's the, the kindly old old salesperson with a little monkey, secretly in a cult, however. And so uh, Chris has got some potion tables and then D100, you know, the D100 stuff table. These are kind of, a lot of them are like minor magical items and just weird stuff. So let's roll on some of these. These are great. Let's see what we get. Okay, 81. 
a bayonet mount uh, so you can attach a magic dagger to your staff, making it a spear. Why didn't I think of that? Let's do a few more of these. Fake green slime, a liter bottle of fun. Kind of like the old days, a little maybe fake doggy poo. <laughs> uh, what do we get here? Gnome goggles. All right, cats. We got another cat. I should mention that. Buster Brown. And Buster and Hazel. Buster's much younger than Hazel. And. Uh, Sometimes sparks fly, so that's what you heard there. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear it, but that's what I heard. All right, cats. Where was I? Okay, yeah, 86. Gnome goggles. These are thick metal goggles. Uh, you wear them, you're immune to gaze attacks, and you can see in even magical darkness, but your vision becomes black and white and lacks detail. After a week of regular use... Save or your eyes turn white. Check each week. All right, one more of these. Chris has got such creativity with these. You know, I struggle to just think of like one little magic item, and you know, here's a hundred of them. Um, all right, let's see. What do we got here? A luminous dried fish from deep in the sea. Less light than a candle, but lasts for years. <laughs> I'm reading tonight. I'm going to read by the luminous dried fish. Anyway, good stuff. Zine Club. Tons of zine stuff. In fact, I had to whittle. I, I, I whittled some down, and I had to whittle even more down, or I'd just be talking about this stuff all night. It's too much. Too much. So I've tried to distill it into the most awesome zine stuff. First of all, there was the mini zine jam over at itch.io. These mini zines are like the little pocket mods that you kind of fold, make a little cut, and make into like a little book out of just one sheet of paper. Tons of these. Many are free. Some are pay what you want. Some are, you know, some you pay for. But if you enjoy pocket mods like I do, this is a huge collection of a bunch of them, you know, all different varieties, all in one place. You can check that out. Also over at itch, alienmelon.itch.io made this electric zine maker program, which is really cool and inventive, and I love their style. They also have this, you know, video promoting it that's like this little song about potatoes and stuff. You got just check it out, but trust me, it's really cool. Uh, it's a pay-what-you-want program to make uh, little pocket mod zines from Alien Melon. Very, very cool. You can check that out as well. There's a brand new issue of the Traveler slash Cepheus Engine Zine Cepheus Journal. Number three is out. If you haven't checked any of these out before, I've got just a link to their download page so you can download all three of them for free. Trey Cossey from the Sorcerer Skull blog uh, is talking about uh, the new Lumberlands blog from Eric Jensen. And this is something that I backed on uh, Zine Quest last year, you know, Zine Quest 3 getting ready to crack back, crank up. Uh, um, man, a year goes by fast. Time goes fast when, when everything's weird like this, but I guess it goes fast anyway. But uh, most of my Zine Quest stuff came in on time. In fact, a lot of people seem to have their stuff really ready to go where I, I got it at just a couple weeks after the their Kickstarters ended. 
Um, and almost every, there was only one zine I didn't like that I got. Almost everything else was great. Uh, this one I haven't gotten in print yet. I do have the PDF, but it's from Eric Jensen, uh, kind of known for their Wampus Country setting. And it's kind of like a fantasy Bigfoot type deal, <laughs> the Lumberlands. Uh, so it's got a, like an overview from that from Trey over at the Sorcerer Skull blog. And I've been on a, like a, it's fitting. And part of the reason I want to mention this one is because I've been on like a big, big, Bigfoot kick lately. Like there's this whole subgenre of horror movies where there's these Bigfoot movies and it's way more, you know, way more movies than you might think. Um, a lot of them are like found footage style and even the bad ones I, I kind of find entertaining. So I've probably seen, you know, like 15 Bigfoot horror movies over the last few months uh, from Amazon Prime and everything. But anyway, the Lumberlands blog, I mean the Lumberlands zine, you can check that out. Let's see, then I, uh, I don't know exactly where I came across this. I think it was maybe on Facebook, maybe Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor's uh, RPG, RPG zine Facebook group over there. But someone posted this up, it's just a Google Drive link for the Chromecast Chronicle number one. So another free zine to check out. Uh, and this is by multiple authors. Something that I thought kind of separated this one from others is, is it has like, uh, you know, several pieces of fiction in there so you don't necessarily normally see that <clears throat> or you maybe see one piece so it's got several pieces of fiction as well as some gaming stuff there then it had been so long i just wanted to post up a few you know these are like zines that I, I've, I've mentioned in the past but they've all had new issues some of them multiple issues since i've been on hiatus i've got all the links up at the thought eater blog for the oith journal from greyhawk online Frontier Explorer, it's a Star Frontiers zine. It's got at least one new issue. There's new issues of the Mistara Threshold zine from uh, Vaults of Pandius, and as well as Freelance Traveler, one of the longest running zines um, that I'm aware of, you know, as far as, you know, free digital um, zines go. Um, I think they've been doing it well over 10 years, so. And then finally, I want to, uh, I know a lot of folks that make zines are kind of into comics and stuff, and this was really cool, the Digital Comic Museum, digitalcomicmuseum.com. It's got hundreds, ten, you know, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of free comics on here, a lot of them from old kind of defunct, um, you know, publishers from back in the 40s and 50s and stuff. Um, and you know, I mean, this you could just spend endless time on here, especially if you like comics and vintage comics and stuff. So, thought I'd share that as well. It's got whole sections dedicated to like Ace Comics and uh, Avon Comics and um, Charlton Comics, Chesler Comics, some I've never even heard of before, Columbia Comics, old uh, copies of Mickey Finn and Sparky Watts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really 1940s comic name, Sparky Watts. Anyway, if you're uh, if you enjoy comics and stuff, I thought I'd stick that under the zine heading. You know, maybe I should send that over to to Trey Cossie. I know Trey knows quite a bit about comics. Uh, they probably heard all this stuff, but anyway, check it out. Free stuff. Oh, having not wanna done done. Uh, Having not done one of these in a while. 
Man, I forgot what it was like. Really put myself through the ringer for a few hours putting these together. I mean, I put them to get putting them together takes, you know, days on and off of, of, of time working on it. But doing the actual recording is just a beat down. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it to be back and kind of be connected to people and share cool stuff and I'm getting that old feeling, but I'm also getting that old feeling of just getting beaten down, <laughs> beaten down by the podcast, but find my second wind here for some free stuff. And I'm just really going to bounce through these. We've got a free adventure over at Lester's Ramble, the sea caves of Gara. And I, I've, I've shown some of these in the past. They, they, they put up a cool map. And then they have some space in the margins where you can write your own notes. And then they just kind of put maybe, you know, like a, a group of monsters so you can populate yourself. So I'd love to have a notebook just full of something like this because it, it gives you a little bit, and, but it lets you kind of improv, improv and do everything else yourself. But it gives you, a little, you know, enough to prompt you a, a cool looking map and everything, a nice full color map. So that's over at lestersramble.blogspot.com. There's a free... Adventure for Cult Divinity Lost called Gallery of Souls. I've got a link up to the Google Drive for that. I picked up that new cult book. Uh, fittingly enough, I got it for myself as a, well, like one of my Christmas presents. You know, Christmas, nothing goes together like Christmas and and the the RPG Cult Divinity Lost. You know, <laughs> um, but it, it's actually a pretty cool game, uh, sort of modeled, you know, kind of a hack of the apocalypse world um, sort of deal with the right GM I, I, if I knew somebody that was really good at that game or you know really experienced with it I, I'd like to try playing it it's not something I would feel comfortable at all running myself it's just way too many like moves and and stuff like that that it would it's pretty complex as far as what you can actually do with it but um, but still, just it's got that cool, you know, flavor and and um, and lore and everything, and very interesting game. So anyway, there's a free scenario for that. Over at the Outpost Albear blog, Outpost Outpostalbear.blogspot.com, they've got a free adventure up, The Secret of Lupo Grace, and that's for swords and wizardry, and it's got a nice layout. It kind of looks like the Frog God stuff, and it and it's free, so you can check that out. Dungeons and Possums. These last two were from back in March that I had set aside. Hadn't seen too much from Dungeons and Possums lately. I hope they're doing all right. Uh, kind of seem to be taking a break. Not as long of a break as me, but maybe just you know busy with uh, real life stuff. But they had put up a free quarantine adventure back in March. So I, I thought I'd link over to that. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Then I saw over at Reddit and a Savage Worlds group. Again, I'm just bouncing through the stuff. Some really good cheat sheets for players and GMs. Uh, I enjoy Savage Worlds, and these were like the best ones I've ever seen as far as good cheat sheets. I don't know how many of you out there play Savage Worlds, but if you do, you'll be thank you'll thank me for these. They're really good. This was really interesting at something something dice.wordpress.com, and let me see whose blog this is. Shoot, I should have had it open. Anyway, what's cool about this, it's called Dungeon Nobodies. 
and it's it's like a game but it's sort of like encounter critical or mazes and minotaurs it's like kind of based around a game that's purported to exist but that doesn't really so it's a hack of a game that doesn't exist so it's a hack of a D&D clone written in an alternative 1970s and the original game was called Dungeon Heroes and it's a hack of you know the original game that doesn't exist it's called Dungeon Heroes and so it's it's kind of a I guess meta the, the word meta was 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 made for something like this but um, let's see I guess her name's Nakade um, but anyway I just thought this was such an interesting idea, a hack of a game that doesn't exist. And the way that the layout is, it, it, it's like someone writing in the margins and crossing through stuff of a game that doesn't exist. It was such an original idea, I had to put that up there. So be sure and check that out, Dungeon Nobodies, a hack of a game that doesn't exist, over at somethingsomethingdice.wordpress.com. And then finally at Grindstone Games, grindstonegames.blogspot.com. They've got Dance Macabre, which is kind of their twist on the black hack. And I really like the, the layout on this. Again, it's, all this stuff is free. Uh, so if you're a fan of the black hack and stuff, be sure and check that out. Over at grindstonegames.blogspot.com. I should mention, I don't think I mentioned the names of the folks that do um, a couple of blogs. That uh, Secret of Lupo Grace adventure at Outpost Albear, that is Tony T's blog. I want to make sure I give a shout to Tony T. And then um, the Grindstone Games blog with the Macabre Hack. Uh, do I have a name for this one? Maybe I do in the hack. Uh, Ruprecht Schwartz. All right. So I, I didn't want to just mention their blogs. I wanted to make sure I mentioned their names. So Tony T from the Outpost Owlbear, and Ruprecht Schwartz from Grindstone Games. The final topic. <clears throat> okay, so for the final topic, you know, it's the beginning of a new year, so I've been seeing dozens, maybe even hundreds of year-end posts, you know, looking back on the year and everything, and I really wish, you know, if I'd kept, been able to, I didn't really have a choice, if I'd been able to, keep doing podcasts. Uh, I could have done like I did last year where I did a posts of the year, um, end of the year kind of thing, but alas, it was not meant to be, but I did want to do something and, um, you know, something looking back. And so I thought I'd talk about my two favorite games, uh, that I came across last year. That's still kind of weird to say, isn't it? But I've been doing good. Like I've written some checks, and I've I haven't messed up a check yet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I've got two games that I thought I'd I'd talk about that I thought were really great. These are really excellent. And one of them, the first one I'm going to talk about actually was something I backed on Zine Quest. And uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I, I backed on Zine Quest, you know, they were you know full games just kind of in Zine you know format. And that's what this first one is. It's called Green Dawn Mall by Kome Martin. And I do want to mention uh, the artist, too. Uh, Morgane Ultramare and Momatos. And um, so the artwork is great. And, you know, it's kind of zine format. Let's see how many pages it is. Uh, 
still almost 80 pages so but uh kind of a really simple game what, what what's really strong about this is the premise it's completely unique completely different you basically play kids whose friend has disappeared in this weird mall and i can tell you right now one of the reasons this appeals to me i, I don't think the new generation can really understand what malls were to to, to people of my age and, and a little older you know in, in the 70, 70s and certainly the 80s you know my youthful heyday the uh you know the mall I, I went to the mall every weekend basically um you know there were no no you weren't shopping online that wasn't ever an option and there was no uh no phone you know no cell phones and and all this kind of stuff I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I mean the whole one of the the whole centers of of, of activity and and socialization on top of commerce was was the mall. And I spent countless hours in the music shops, in the arcades, in the food courts. Um, you know, I remember you know going and passing out flyers for our bands in the mall. I remember my friends and other people having their first jobs in the mall. Uh, and, you know, romantic encounters and, you know, young romance in the mall and, and everything else. And then <clears throat> kind of reminds me a little bit of Stranger Things I was talking about earlier. A lot of season three <clears throat> is, uh, is set in a, in a mall and they do a good job of trying, you know, kind of capturing that eighties mall feel. But, but anyway, your friend has disappeared in this weird mall and you are, you know, going to find them. And so the mechanics are, are, are I like the mechanics are really simple. Um, and, and first of all, I should also say one of the things I like about this game is that it's just designed. It even says on the back cover that it's for, you know, like two to four sessions. So this is not a, uh, it's not even designed to be a long-term, super long campaign. It's designed to be a game you play, you know, over a few sessions, like a sh short Kind of mini campaign deal, which I really like, and I, I I wish more games were that way. It made me think about that. So many games are set up to be these kind of infinite, you know, or games that you can play forever. A lot of games just aren't set up with that end game in sight, you know, uh, from the get go. So I, I like that a lot too because um, it's just fitting for this for it to not, you know, um, to not last forever because. Part of what happens as you explore the mall is that stuff gets weirder and weirder, and more on that in just a minute. But the basic mechanics is is rolling a d6 or a pool of d6s and, and trying to hit a target number of five or six, you know, for a success. And you basically create your character yourself by coming up with an idea of what your personality is like, your favorite school subject, and what your hobby is. And then you also can pick six different items that you would bring with you. And based on if you have a trait or an item that helps you in a situation, you know, you can add it a different D6 to your original D6 for a maximum of four D6, you know, to try to hit a five or a six. Uh, simultaneously, if you're injured or if something's going against you, you might lose a D6 on your roll. Um, but, but anyway, so... So simple, and then you also have a lot of freedom. Each player has a lot of freedom to kind of create their own character they want they want to. One of the things that, that I really love about the game is 
it starts off with what's referred to as the, an odd level, you know, a level of the oddity of the mall, on an odd level one. And the oddity, you know, the level of oddity of the mall, the weirdness factor grows up to a, a level of, uh, of five, an odd level five. So you go from, you know, something that's strange to something that's completely like a breakdown of reality, a dreamlike complete and total breakdown of reality and everything. And there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of, of, of um, shops and everything. There are also different factions that are also, you know, exploring or, you know, wandering the mall. And uh, I don't want to spoil anymore in case someone ends up playing it. Uh, that's pr pretty much all the players would kind of know. Um, maybe even a little bit more than the players would know going into it. But, but, uh, but anyway, it's just so, so creative. I mean, it's just such a unique idea that uh, I just really thought it was just uh, so different and, and creative that it, it really appealed to me. And I, I haven't had a chance to run it yet, but I've, I've read through it several times. You could almost have it be just like a source book for a weird mall if you wanted it to be. But um, this is one my gaming group completely broke down from COVID, but once... Uh, my regular gaming group gets back together. It's one that I'm kind of preparing to run and everything. So, so anyway, I've got links up to this Green Dawn Mall. Uh, you can get the PDF on Drive Through. You can get the PDF and print on Itch, and I've got links to both. So check that out, Green Dawn Mall by Komei Martin. The second game I am picking as my favorite game of the year is from Jason Tochi of Pretendo Games. And it's called 24XX. Actually, 24XX is the kind of base system. Uh, it's the title for the SRD. <clears throat> but it's intended to be used to build your own game with it. So Jason has done 2400, which is a series of sci-fi games, using the 24XX system. I love this uh it's only a page and a half of rules, so with the cover, you know, you can print a page, piece of paper, front and back, fold it, and you've got the whole game. And um, <clears throat> the system itself is kind of a cool mix of, like, Savage Worlds and Apocalypse World. Uh, I know that sounds a little weird, but hear me out. Um, basically, you have a skill die you roll as the core mechanic kind of starts with a d6 when you're unskilled and the better you are at a skill the higher the dice the, the higher the die type all uh, savage worlds so say you're just a regular old froth trying to climb something you know you roll a d6 but if you were a, a skilled mountain climber you might roll a d10 or a d12 target number is five uh, just like green dawn mall and if you have uh, something that's that helps you like an item or if someone else is assisting you, you roll an additional d6 alongside your other dice and to pick the highest one. So it's kind of got like the wild die from Savage Worlds is what that kind of feels like to me. But uh, it also has mechanics that feel like uh, Apocalypse World. Like um, if you don't hit the target number of five or above and instead roll a three to four, uh, you have a setback, so you fail, but it's kind of like, you know, you narrate like a setback for it, and only on a one or two is it kind of a disastrous fail, so it's got that degree of failure thing going on. What I love about this is the base system so simple that 
to, to make your own hack or your own game around it, you're really just coming up with package of skill, you know, packages of skills like for the classes and your and gear for your setting and you're pretty much ready to go. So, um, you know, you, if you're, uh, for example, in here, like one of the characters, you can play a medic. And so you start with, say, a medicine or uh, uh, this is like a sci-fi game. So medicine or electronic skill at a D8. So um, anyway, they're not classes so, so much as they are just bundles of skills. So come up with your own skills and your own gear and apply it to the system and you're ready to go. One of the things I really love is that in a small package, it's got a lot of, uh, of cool little tidbits and stuff. Um, for example, if you're going to make your own game around the 24XX system, uh, one of the things Jason mentions is that you know you don't add any kind of modifiers to the game, and you don't add any dice in addition to you know what's already there as far as being able to roll that additional d6. So by kind of keeping those additional modifiers and that kind of stuff out, it keeps the game you know really simple. The other thing I like is that um, it says to only add you know don't add any more than one kind of keyword key term to the game so it keeps it deliberately vague in fact it, it mentions to strive for self-explanatory additions or vague additions that players can enjoy interpreting so for example it mentions some of the gear is bulky but it doesn't you know there's no page in the back where you have to go look up bulky and look up all the mechanics and everything associated with it a lot of it's just kind of you know adjudicated at the table free form it's only got one paragraph uh, as far as running the game, something else that I really liked. And one of the things it mentions is that, you know, uh, here's a literal sentence from it. Offer rulings to cover gaps and rules, then double back during a break to revise unsatisfied, unsatisfying rulings as a group. So, it, you know, there are definitely gaps in the rules. It's not trying to cover everything that could possibly happen. But I'll, and I'm, this is something that most people... I would think do anyway, but I like how concise and direct that is, you know, phrasing that, you know, if something comes up that's not covered, offer a, you know, come up with a, a way to cover it, and then, you know, double back, there's a kind of a collaborative aspect there to double back and look at it and see if you liked what you added. The other things I like, uh, it just leaves a lot up to the, you know, to, to the GM or to the table on how you want to handle it, like, you have the ability to use stuff as um, kind of armor or defense, and you know, kind of it breaks when you use it. It's like, it's like to to keep from getting hit, sort of like the shields maybe splintered rule. But there's no specified number of hits you can take before dying. You know, it does mention you know injuries take time to heal, but it doesn't tell you it takes four days to heal, or you have to roll this, or you have to roll that. It keeps it nice and vague and open so that everybody can kind of play it their own way and it doesn't overcomplicate the game. You can just take this page and a half, come up with your own kind of character packages and gear and, and, and have your own game. This is really displayed by this uh, jam for 24XX that I've got links for over at Itch where a bunch of people made, you know, dozens and dozens of different games based on this, you know, Wild West and, and uh, everything else. So. Um, I was just really impressed with uh, how much is here in a page and a half, and um, 
anyway, just really enjoyed it. So I've got links up to Jason's Pretendo Games site as well as that jam where everybody's made uh, a number of different hacks of this. Uh, a number of them are free or pay what you want. There's some pay ones up there too, but be sure and check this one out. So I uh, really like it a lot. So anyway, those are my games of the year, Green Dawn Mall and 24XX. If you checked them out or played them or you're taking a look at them or whatever and you got anything to say about it, you know, you can message me at anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. Great job to Comey Martin and, and uh, Jason Tochi on these. Congrats. Outro. All right. Well, felt a little bit rusty, but it was good to be back. Very good to be back. It was good to be reminded of why I enjoyed podcasting in the first place, which was, you know, just sharing all this awesome stuff that I enjoy uh, with other like-minded people, kind of connecting to people that way. So it was good, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm very, very thankful for you listening. Thank you again um, to folks that um, have reached out to me and and offered support and everything. It's it's much appreciated. So, um, you know, if you enjoy the program, let somebody else know about it. You want to leave me a message, go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater, and you can leave a message that way. If you want to support the program, you can go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater, and uh, I would appreciate that. I uh, added some funny uh, kind of memes and cartoons and stuff that I'd seen related to gaming under the outro tab over at the Thought Eater blog. So uh, be sure and check those out as well. Remember that all these links are up at the Thought Eater blog. Um, what else? Uh, next you'll hear from me is 5-Minute Friday. And then I'll be looking uh, at uh, compiling a bunch of stuff for next week. If you've got a brand new blog uh, or you've got a new zine coming out, you want to send me anything, uh, you know, you can email me frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. There's also a contact form at the blog. And I think that's everything. Oh, a big thank you to TJ Drennan for the new th theme song. It's a masterpiece. But uh, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we end the show, we're going to still kick it old school. And that means Logan with the funky beats. Let's go, Logan. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind <laughs>